your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. We're getting there. We're getting to the end of the week. My two-a-day schedule is wrapping up. I got one more two-a-days to go. It's August. I'm used to two days. I played high school football. I played college football for two days, which was also two days before I said, well, those guys are playing basketball out there. I want to go do that. Uh, in the studio with me. Now, Tom, every time I say your name, I, I feel like I need to like get a glass of water and drink it so that I can, and then I slur it anyway. You just, just ignore the CH. Right. It, ignore it. Wait a minute. Dr. Tom Schlesinger. There you go. All right. I did it fast. If I do it fast enough. And, uh, you're with, I don't know. I, the Climate Alliance for yeah, the Common Good. Yeah, Climate Alliance for the Common Good. But when I, yeah. when I say oh. you're with them, yeah. are you the czar of Yeah, them? I'm the executive director. Okay, executive director. We like to say czar. Yeah, yeah I know. I tried emperor. Nobody went for it. <laughs> nobody went for emperor. Um, and usually you come in with Nick Nichols, who's yeah. also part of your group and uh, the retired sustainability coordinator for Lacrosse County. But Going solo today, and yeah. I don't know if you want to do this, but you could head across the road and check out Moon Tunes when you're done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're doing right. Irish stuff tonight, ah. so I don't know if you're ah. into the Irish Fest is this weekend, so we talked about right. that quite a bit this morning. But we want to talk about, obviously, you guys are the Climate Alliance for the Common Good, so uh, probably talk climate. You want we, to talk we climate? We talk climate. <laughs> I'm well-versed in climate. Uh. And uh, here's the thing, though, is... Part of your expertise here is because you have a degree in political science. Political science. I have a PhD in political science specializing in healthcare policy. I was at Gunderson for 20 years doing mm-hmm. planning, and I have a master's in environmental policy. Okay, so environmental pal- policy, does that give you the, the, the climate? Yeah, angle I, I here? specialize in climate. And then how much do you deep dive into the politics then of the environment? That's what I love. That's, yeah. that's my love, yeah. Is it your love but hate? but it's my most interest it's it's just fascinating though because well you know there's there's two different things in the world there's the things we know because we can see and observe them and that's the empirical world and there's the normative world which is values and opinions and science has traditionally been the empirical world we can count it we can measure it we can repeat the experiments and that's how we know something's true therefore it's not debatable because it's a scientific fact. And then YouTube came along. Yeah. <laughs> well, here, okay, before, I, this is in my in my notes as yep. you're talking, yep. and my head's always going, uh, nuclear fusion. Yeah. They had like a second big story about nuclear fusion. So just put it on the sidebar. Okay. Maybe we get to it. Like, right. Could, well, let's just do it. Could nuclear fusion, not fission, fission is yeah. like A-bomb and, and yeah. what we have Splitting now. Splitting atoms, yeah. Uh, this, fusion is fusing the atoms. Yeah. Could that solve all of our problems? Except that's really far away. Yeah, okay. Uh, solve there, all of our great-grandkids' problems. Yeah, right. Actually, whatever? geothermal is more likely, deep geothermal is more likely to come along and solve almost all our problems. The heat from the core of the earth. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, they're, they're getting near commercialization for that now. And if you can tap the heat from the core of the earth, it never ends. It's inexhaustible. Uh, and it's a clean source of energy. I, I, I bring a aspiring astrophysicist on with me usually once a month. She'll be on with me Monday, actually. Uh, um, Spencer Wilkin, who is formerly at UWL, but she's getting her doctorate at the University of Illinois now. Uh, and we we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you heard this. The, the uh, core of the Earth just started spinning the other way. 
No. Did you know that? No, oh. I didn't. <laughs> Have you ever heard of that? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So I had to ask her about that, and I don't even recall what the it, – it, it's not all that abnormal, but to when you hear it, because this – the way the news works now, we can get any news from anywhere yeah. at any time right. with our phones and whatnot. And so, you know, like when I was a kid, this happened. This has happened before in my lifetime, uh, I believe, oh. but uh, just like, wait, what? The or the core of the earth, earth? started spinning, spinning the other way? So. I don't do well on merry-go-rounds, so spinning <laughs> the other way is like going to be really tough. Well, is there a, a dystopian future here where we all tap the earth's core and then it then it dry like it it not burns up but cools off uh, and then not, our our needs are not that great okay. to, to ever do that yeah well we and we have ge- geothermal in terms of uh, uh we can heat cool our homes with geothermal and so we use a kind of shallow geothermal yeah uh where we drill down maybe you know 100 feet or whatever it is and we get a certain amount of heat but if you drill a lot deeper you get a lot more heat okay with, and then what ha- what do we do with that heat uh then the it, you you can pump like a salt liquid down into that. It comes back super super hot, super hot salt uh, liquid like that. Yeah. And then you can use like heat exchangers, heat pumps, uh, and things. So you can either cool or heat buildings with that. Okay. Or you could generate electricity with that. Well, when we do something of that scope, are we talking about like we got to hook up the whole city to this? Um, you would probably, I don't know a lot about it, but or you, would, okay. Or, yeah. See, I'm getting out of, out of yeah. your, your yeah. wheelhouse. Right. Cause it'd be like all of lacrosse is going to the, it won't go to a single hole. Uh, but like, like Gunderson drilled holes throughout one of their big parking lots. Okay. Uh, and that supplies a good amount of the, of the heat, uh, for Gunderson's facilities. So they're, they're geothermal in a way, but you're talking. That's about one of less, things. There's solar, geothermal, yeah. biofuel. That's you, the other thing too is, and that energy ends up being free once yeah. you get the infrastructure down right but this is the other thing with that's why it's all... called renewable <laughs> right i like to say free because man if you say free then <laughs> that's true oh it's free renewable yeah right um because we talk about water being a renewable resource but i'm like is it is no it it's not because it's finite okay so anything that's finite like that um will eventually be used okay up so to... i'm wrong there yeah. actually um but when when it comes to no offense to gunderson but they have the the wherewithal to do something like that yeah Right. Where if I want to do that, I've actually looked at geothermal for my house. And it's, I'm just like, it's like, yeah, pricey. somebody's got to give me a fat. Well, price. if you knew you were going to be there for 50 or 100 years, it would probably be worth it. Yeah. But my guess is you're not going to be there in 100 years. Well, I'd probably, that'll take me to 144 years old. So probably not. Um, all right. We're going to hang out. If you guys got questions, climate questions, 608-785-7914. Um, we're going to talk about some, some over, it's kind of like, world view things yeah. when it comes to yeah. climate um but also then like how do you how do you best describe we can scale this down to you know what it, what can you do what can your yeah. impact be and not just like right. me and you as individuals but uh, the small business community yeah. right this right. is kind of right in the wheelhouse of gunderson's doing the thing because they're a giant because they're a big corporation and they can do the thing because they have like the the means to do it but what right. about and they have hired staff to do just this. Oh, sure. Okay. But what about like, I guess, Midwest family, this right. building here, we have six radio stations, yep. but what can we do yeah. to, and so you, and have, that's what we'll be talking about. So the, the climate Alliance for the common good actually has a small business toolkit and we could break that down a little bit as well. Uh, when we come back, we'll take a break.
All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Dr. Tom Schlesinger is in here. He's with, he is the executive director, I should do that, the czar of the Climate Alliance for the Common Good. And we're talking climate today. So if you have any questions about climate, 608-785-7914. Can I out this person? This person wanted to come in. They're very smart, but they don't want to do. No, you don't out. We should really, like, if you want to, next time, just. We, we plan the whole show. like Because oh. we, we like to – I take notes and, and highlight stuff, and I make you talk. Yeah. But if, if they're if they're good to come on, if we detail it yeah, out – Yeah, if you did, she probably would. Then, yeah. yeah, and I'm down for it. Let's do it. We could just – you know, if we want to come in an hour early and hash it out or yeah. however we want to do I'll it, that would be her. great. I'll ask her. Um, because she sounds smarter than you. Yeah, probably. So. <laughs> just so. Um, all right. So, like, some of these – some of the things that you wanted you, you put on on the notes package here to talk about is that, okay so we've had the hottest june ever followed by the hottest july ever yeah um a lot of times well ever in recorded history in recorded history right because there was probably a time when the earth was made that it was probably pretty warm yeah um but when it when it comes to stuff like that a lot of times is that weather or is that climate, climate change, yeah. or is it just a hot summer? Right. So when it, when you talk about there's a global temperature increase and it's steady, uh, then it's climate. So so weather would just bounce around, cold days, warm days. Yeah. You wouldn't have across the globe a hot hot July, which we basically did. Okay. I think eighty percent of eighty percent of the world's population experienced a very hot July. I mean and. That's global, that's climate change. Um, the interesting complicating factor is we also have an atmospheric phenomenon called El Nino going on, which when, when the trade winds change direction, and when El Nino is blowing, we have hotter summers. When La Nina is blowing, we have colder summers. Okay. El Nino just kicked in, uh, so that made it warmer. Well, what's, well, how long does he hang out for? Two to seven years. Oh, really? <laughs> Jesus. I was thinking like the rest of summer. Okay, so he's, he's around. He's around. And uh, so what we have is we have climate change and uh, El Nino going on. And so you've, all, you've heard about there's this target of increase 1.5. Is ahead. there always El Nino or yes. La Nina? Yeah. So it's always happening. So yeah. now we're going to feel like, whoa, it's really climate change. And then again, yeah. in two to seven years when it flips, right? will be like, ah. Except what will happen is... Uh, El Nino will go away, yeah. and the temperatures would have dropped, except we put more greenhouse gases in the air yeah. in those seven years. So well, that, this, that will heat it up more. Well, this is the baby steps that we keep talking about. Yeah. The baby steps of gradual climate change. The gradual climate change that's supposed to take 100, yeah. 200 years or whatever, not our lifetimes, but it, it happens within our lifetime, but it still feels gradual. Yeah. And then, therefore when La Nina comes around and the temperatures don't drop, but they kind of stay steady. Right, right. And then El Nino in 14 years. Oh, right? will be really, really hot. Be, yeah, twice as bad, right? So, um, all right, so I cut you off. Do you remember where you were going to go? After? No, I no. don't. Let's See, just move on. I, See, I should give you a pen and paper, and then you, like yeah. me, because I'm always like, oh, yeah, the thing. Um, okay, so, oh, with, with, with climate change. Yeah. And greenhouse gases is oh, the yeah. thing I want to talk about. But, but before we get to that. All the stuff that happens to us, uh, land people, yeah, is is happening at a, a higher rate. Higher rate. Water. Um, well, actually, the land heats more than the water typically. Okay. So we may have 
four degrees or seven degrees of warming on land, especially in a city. Yeah. It may be four to seven degrees warmer, while the ocean typically is slower to heat because it's such a huge body of water and the heat disperses better because they don't have all these heat islands of cities. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like, the ocean is absorbing a lot of Yes, historically. If if we didn't have the ocean... We'd be an SOL. (laughs) Okay, yes. I love saying that. Um, Yeah, because if we didn't have the ocean absorbing a lot of what we're doing to the atmosphere, to the earth, the heating, because it's absorbing a lot of heat, then the the four degrees that you're talking about or whatever... Yeah. uh, That was the thing you were going to talk about. The gradual... The the cliff. The one point... Yeah, the 1.5 degree... And that's Celsius? Uh, that's, Celsius. that's Celsius. It's like 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit okay. or something like that. Uh, and so that was picked at, as, at the point at which uh, it's the if, it's, if it's less than 1.5 degrees, we can stop producing greenhouse gases and the temperature will drop. Oh, okay. Once you pass 1.5 degrees, we have much less control over the temperature increase. Because, for instance, over 1.5 degrees, the ocean, instead of absorbing heat, will begin to release heat. It's going to radiate heat? Maybe? It's going to radiate okay. heat. Uh, the snow-capped Arctic and Antarctic, the ice will be melted. Instead of the snow reflecting heat, Oh sure. the dark earth will absorb the heat. It's it's the bad a bad analogy, but it's a snowball effect, right? Yeah, it's like a it's, snowball it's, effect. It's going to get rolling. Yeah, that is a bad analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What's the opposite? It's a mudslide? I don't know. Yeah. Well, mudslides don't really grow; they kind of end. Um, an avalanche, yeah, it's starts, sort of an avalanche. There av- we go. We still have it. Yeah. Av- well, it's literally an avalanche, right? When, because all the snow because, will be, be melting and causing right, avalanches, right? Um, all right. We, can you can you throw those headphones yep. on, and yep. we'll go to the phones here. Uh, caller, who's this? It's Joe. Hey, Joe, you got a question for for Doctor Tom? Yeah, one thing that I struggle with, you know, everybody tries to blame the climate change on human interaction. Yeah. One thing I struggle with is that 70% or more of the earth is covered in water, and we have not mapped hardly any of that area. But the areas that we do map, we know there are huge, huge amounts of thermal vents Mm -hmm. releasing greenhouse gases around the earth. I would almost be willing to bet that, that those release more gases than what we have as humans since the Industrial Revolution. Revolution. So I just don't buy the fact that humans can control the climate in any way. I do believe the earth is warming, although I believe that's a natural cycle and there's nothing more narcissistic than thinking that us as humans can control the earth's climate. It's that's just ridiculous. That, that's a good question. Uh, what you have to ask yourself when you talk about natural variation and things like that is has the earth ever before heated as quickly as it has. And that's what's different from natural variation. This kind of heat increase typically has occurred over tens of thousands of years. The current one has occurred in less than 200 years. So then you have to say, what changed in the last 200 years that could have rapidly increased the temperature of the Earth? And scientific experiments and such have shown that if you throw carbon dioxide and methane in large amounts into the air, um, it will act as a feather comforter that is getting thicker and thicker and thicker around the earth. And that causes you, those of us that are under the comforter on earth, we get warmer. We experience the warmth because that comforter is getting thicker and thicker. Those natural vents that you're referring to, that hasn't changed in tens of thousands of years. So that's an unlikely cause for the Earth to be heating up in the last 200. Does that make sense? Well, it's also a huge speculation on your part. We have a billions and billions-year-old Earth. We only know 
one tiny little hairless fraction of time. Uh, and also, we have no idea because we have not mapped or calculated the ocean floor. We don't know if those vents have changed. We don't know if the releasing has changed. All we know is the one little tiny sliver of time frame that humans have started the Industrial Revolution, and we're trying to blame an entire climate that is billions of years old on that, and I think it's ridiculous. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say blame either. Fossil fuels gave us the economy, the standard of living that we all enjoy now uh, in the Western world, in the developed world, um, and so it's, it's brought us to a point where we can live comfortably. What we never realized all that time was there is a side effect to having fossil fuel power, and that is it emits carbon dioxide and, in some cases, methane. Um, and you can prove a certain amount of added carbon dioxide and methane will create a given amount of warming. They, they can scientifically prove that. So it's a direct cause and effect analysis that scientists have done and been repeated by thousands of scientists around the world. So I wouldn't put my expertise up against them. You know, there's a statistic thrown around a lot that 99% of climate scientists agree climate change is real, it's caused by greenhouse gases, and it's human caused. So the analogy I love is if you had a serious heart problem and you went to 99% of the cardiologists you could, or you went to 100%, and 99% told you you needed open heart surgery or you'll have a terrible quality of life from then on. But there was one herbalist out there that said, I think we can get by without the surgery and just on herbs. What are you likely to do? I'm likely to follow the doctor because he's worked on patients which haven't changed. But if we have only mapped out 20% of the human body, then I guess I would have some questions. But that's not the case. But it is the case with the earth. And plus, the opposite side of releasing carbon we don't know exactly how sequestration works around the Earth. There are many different ways of carbon sequestering. Could be bleed off, could be ocean absorption, could be uh, uh, photosynthesis absor absorption. We don't know. And to think that humans could be causing any of it, even 10% of it, is just narcissistic. I mean, this is a huge, huge outside of anything that we could ever wrap our arms around or control. So I doubt that that the consensus has enough information to put out 99.9% .9 because we don't even have a quarter of the ocean floor mapped. We don't know what's putting out greenhouse gases, and we don't know at which level. We know what we have done, and what we have done is way too little to affect the climate of the Earth. It may just be a factor of how much risk you're willing to accept. Um, are you willing to take that gamble and say, I'm going to ignore that 99% because I think it could be something else? Uh, given what would happen if you were wrong. Thanks for the call, Joe. We've got to go to a break here, but um, just Joe seems to be fixated on there's the ocean. We haven't mapped it. There, there's, I, I'm just very dumb it down. There's a bunch of volcanoes under the ocean that, yeah. that could be pumping out greenhouse gases that we don't know about. Is right. that, but wouldn't we know about that? We would know there's a lot of that st stuff going on. We know what the sources are because we can, you know, you can map through satellites where carbon dioxide and methane are coming out, where mm -hmm. it's coming out. So there are, there are uh, satellite photography that can map the places that's happening. Yeah. And so we see it coming predominantly from human causes. Right. Not, not from there. Also, the idea that he, we're narcissistic, we're, we're kind of a virus here on Earth at this yeah. point. 
uh, that, and the idea that it, we think we're it, it's narcissism to think that we haven't changed the climate is is ridiculous because we're changing everything everywhere. Yeah. So, um, all right, we got to take a break. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914. Is that a thing that we could bring up right now or not? It's I, don't, I don't know. No, okay. Uh, <laughs> maybe some other time. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Um, all right, so Dr. Tom Schlesinger is in studio here with me. We're, we're kind of uh, bantering about uh, multiple things that kind of, you know, they all kind of a little bit deal with climate change in one way or another. Yeah. Um, how how do we how do we real well we can, we could still talk about this as a as an Earth thing and an encompassing thing but we we can reel this in. Let's talk talk about the weather for just a little bit because that's what people experience and they see on the news and everything like that. So uh, oh yeah, I have it right here. I have to do the weather every ten minutes for three <laughs> hours in the morning. So uh, overnight, a twenty percent chance. No, I'm just kidding. Ah. <laughs> this is what I have to read in the morning every time. And I don't do it, but I, so I do it once if in a while. So anyway, if you watch national news, right, and you tune in any national news broadcast, they have now 15, 20 minutes of coverage of whatever extreme weather events. Weather events, as opposed to, you right. know, with 20% Ex- chance of rain. Extreme arrangement. weather events. Yeah. And so the latest thing was the horrible wildfire in Maui. Yeah. Uh, and I was in this town once in Lahaina, a cute little town. Burned to the ground. Oh, I tried to say that this morning, and I, you, you have been there, and you've said the thing out loud before. So, in the first time I've ever yeah. seen the word in the town, I was like, Lahaina, La- yeah. is that yeah. how you say? It? Okay, yeah. yeah, a very historical city from right. what I've read. Right, and so, and and then we saw three weeks before then we saw the horrible floods in Vermont, and then we see well, the, Canada's on fire. All Canada's the, on fire. There's a super dome of heat hovering over the southern the southern U.S. Very upbeat show we're having here. Uh, yeah, and so that. But you watch the news and you just get depressed. <laughs> yeah. Because all they do is they want they get viewership by showing these horrible events. Sure. And they never talk about what you could do. Uh, okay. To, to make things. Better. Oh, I, so we are. We're we're trying not to do. I get what you're doing now. I thought we were going to do the show where we're just doom and gloom the whole time. Right. Can we just sidebar when we have fires like this? Canada's fires. Uh, I just read a, a read a story about so California a couple of years ago it was it was wildfires but it was started from an electric company just not keeping upkeep some right. of them right um, but but it was because it was dry as tinder yeah and that's why it all went right. up like that I just read a story uh, the way California is now raking the leaves remember that was the problem oh, yeah. we needed to rake the leaves yeah. we're throwing goats out there we're just yeah. uh, goats are are going to do that for us um, but when it comes to like fires all over the place. Yeah, so, fires are fires. They're started by this guy who was roasting marshmallows and then put his campfire out. It's not climate change. It's a freaking fire, you know. Yeah. So, the the difference is, if you try and start a fire with green wood, all you do is get some white smoke. Yeah. If you start a fire with tinder, really, really dry wood and things, yeah, uh, it goes up in a second. And so, when the earth warms, there's a lot more evaporation. There's less water in the ground to have green trees and green grasses and prairies and things like that this is this is like when my so i'm cutting some brush down in my yard and i i light it on fire because i don't have any ability to get rid of it any other way and my neighbor walks over because the fire is 16 feet high and he goes everything okay here and i'm like yeah we're good and i kind of look and his he's my neighbor right his house is yeah not too far there's a woods between us but it's a woods right and I'm like, okay. And I have the hose right there. So I'm like, Psh, and two seconds later, it's gone. But, 
you know, this is it, right? Yeah. Like if I if I go away for five minutes and come back. Didn't you see those Smokey the Bear commercials growing up? <laughs> I know, but I have so much brush to get rid of. It's everywhere. It's every. That's not anyway. But that's what you're talking about. Is this the this yeah. gradual getting used to, uh, you know, or just it hasn't right. We're in a drought right now, even right. though it rained last night. But like uh, I saw, the Crescent Police said, "Hey, minimize your water usage right yeah. now because we're in a severe." Farmers drought. are hurting. I Start, mean, stop the, mowing your lawn. The, their crops are hurting. Who cares about whether we have green lawns? I mean, stop the, watering your lawn is what I meant yeah. to say. Okay, but we're we're doom and yeah. gloom in it. I'm trying to. Right. I'm trying to. But okay. But and so there's a lot of climate anxiety because people hear these doom and gloom stories all the time whenever you turn into the news or read a newspaper or whatever it is uh and that breeds climate anxiety and the fact is it's because people feel helpless and they don't have to um the technology exists today to pull us back from the brink of climate change but it means some major changes have to occur uh, less greenhouse gases in general uh, stop using fossil fuels and for a long time you could either run a good solid business with a healthy bottom line, or you could be an environmentalist, but you couldn't be both. That's beginning to change now. The green technologies that are helpful, that help the environment are coming down in cost. So they're cost competitive or cost less than fossil fuel-based technology. Yeah, we're getting to a point where um, we can be self-sustainable as a, are you talking like a self, a small business or yeah. a, a town or a community? Any of those actually. Could be, because in my, in my head too, I'm just off the cuff here. I live in the woods. All of my neighbors are kind of in the woods. There is a golf course. But in my head, I was like, man, down the road, because I see all this stuff for solar power. You can yeah. power. And I'm like, I can't solar power unless I put a 500 foot, you know, Me power. too. I'm in the same. And, and so I'm like, but there is this golf course here. Could we just lay the solar panels across or somewhere that would be so nice. If we, right. It's called community solar. Yeah, and our, there are a lot of places in the U.S. that have that. There is a regulation in Wisconsin that prevents community solar. Um, that, oh. that you have to be a public utility to sell electricity. Oh, okay. And um, so they're working on changing that. But this is like the plastic bag ban ban where yeah. we can't have towns can't ban plastic bags. Yeah. Because that would be beneficial in in lacrosse since the river's right here and all the plastic that we waste and we can get into the plastic if we have time, yeah. but all the plastic just ends up in the gutters and then in the river. So yeah. uh, um, anyway, but, but, you have this. So call. so uh, so there are solar limitations. Uh, like my house, I can't put solar on it. Same yeah. reason I get I have way too much shade. There's a program at Excel, Excel Energy, called Renewable Connect where you can you pay a small premium like $7 a month and they guarantee that the amount of power that you use will come from renewable sources not necessarily that the electron that comes to your house is from a solar panel mm-hmm. but they will add that much solar capacity or wind capacity to their grid um, so that you're uh, you're basically getting renewable energy you call these public utilities yeah i read a story is it Maine or Maryland? One of those East Coast states is going to uh, like government run. Oh yeah, but no, what's the difference between that? Is there's a XL there's, is like a there's municipally municipally owned utilities. And right. We have some of those in Wisconsin. So the city owns the electrical generating plant. Mm-hmm. It's kind of expensive. Uh, there are investor owned utilities. That's what Excel is. Right. Um, and um, we, it, I, I have a co-op where I'm in yeah, Minnesota. Right. And there, and then there are the, the co-op. But what what incentive does Excel have to go? You know what? If we just if we solar power, wind power, the whole thing, it would all produce its own 
we wouldn't have to it, it, it wouldn't wouldn't cost money at some point right so it would become sustainable on its own right but then they're not making any money well they do um, so they make it differently okay. um, the, most of the the money uh, for electrical generation and distribution is actually the cost of the lines and distribution and the grids and the repair and all that mm -hmm. uh, it's not so much the generation part of it so they would still be in the business of the distribution of power and they would still own large amounts of solar fields and things like that and they would make money off that sure you know um <clears throat> they would it would cost them a certain amount for upkeep and new new panels and things like that but they would make money off selling solar power it is interesting though the the state that's doing this as a as a state-run power company they don't have to make money off that. They could yeah. just, as, as long as they break even, they're good. And they could make money yeah. if they want. But at that point, it's kind of interesting to be like, oh, now we don't have to depend on, you know, stock buybacks or shareholder yeah. profits or anything right. like that. It seems because, kind of because of the, you know, with the utilities, they're guaranteed a geographic region. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of a monopoly. Excel has like a monopoly yeah. on a certain region. No one else can generate power within that geographic region. And the state has determined that. Okay. Well, what annoys me about something like Excel is then they, they pay $10 million for a five-year contract to name the Excel Energy Center, the hockey center. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, aren't you guys just like, what is that? Like, why are we yeah. promoting why, why are we subsidizing that? <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. We're going to talk about the small business toolkit yep. here when we come yep. back. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. In the studio with me is Dr. Tom Schlesinger. He is the executive director and the czar of Climate Alliance for the Common Good. Uh, we're talking. You know, my people are not going to like that. You know that. <laughs> I say it every time. <laughs> they should be regular listeners and understand the joke. You got to get the show, Tom. You got to get the show. Um, I, I need a you don't get the show uh, liner that I hit when they come. They text in and complain, but. All right, so you have this small business toolkit. This yeah. is doom and gloom. Climate, the, the world's on fire. It's going to burn. We're all going to die. Uh, except if we do this. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. But um, well, all of it. Is, I'm kidding with all of that, except that you do have a small business yeah. toolkit. So when we talk about um, giant corporations can or either willingly or unwillingly, I guess they, they either willingly can contribute to yeah. bringing down the fossil fuel problem or right. the greenhouse gas problem, I should say, um, because they have the, the means to do it because they have a lot of money. They bring yeah. in billions of profits, and, especially and, now. And economically, it makes more and more sense to do it. Yeah, okay. It's harder for small businesses to yeah. kind of make this transition. Also, right. what would the transition be? Does Can you can you kind of explain yeah. what a – I don't know. Can you what – so, would, what so, would you – yeah, go ahead. Um, the big uh, organizations and corporations uh, – I'll just speak locally – um, the, you know, the Gundersons, the Organic Valleys, the city, the county, the university, the sisters, um, they have all paid positions um, of sustainability coordinators, and they guide them on their journey towards a sustainable organization. Uh, so it gets them out of fossil fuels, gets them using renewables, reduces their waste. Um, and when we're talking about corporations doing this, is it because they're such good guys? They're good people it's and they a, want to do it's that? A mix. Or is it, you it's know, a mix. Actually, it's going to be cheaper if we go this route. Yeah. It, it, it always helps if it's cheaper. Yeah. Uh, and then you always do have those people that are really caring about the environment and okay. want, to, want to do the right thing. Um, and other people just see, they see the handwriting on the wall and, mm -hmm. and they see, wow, climate change is real. It's caused by fossil fuels. Um, 
I, my business is going to thrive in the future if I stop relying on fossil fuels. Um, you know what happened to the horse and buggy industry, right? Um, well, yeah, for, most, for the most part. So, if you go south here. So, you know, steam locomotives came along and things, and, <laughs> some, and then steam-powered cars, and then fossil fuel, well, gas-powered cars. But some people held on to horse and buggy, and there were shops that made saddles and stuff like that. And they didn't believe it was going to change. Yeah. <laughs> and it did a long time ago. And right. those horse and buggy places are gone. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to connect that with because that's transportation. If you want to go electric cars, I don't think we have time to that. Um, but you know, like going from uh, propane gas—that's how I heat my house—to yeah. what what's the next step? I, I yeah. and and I've looked at it, but I don't have the the means to to make that transition. Yeah. But, and I feel like that's how small businesses are at this yeah. point. So what's, what's so the small business? Tool, so all the big organizations have professional staff that specialize in this. Yeah. And they know what makes economic sense, what doesn't, when, when it makes sense to do it, and things like that. Small to medium-sized businesses are just on their own. They can't. They don't have that expertise. They can't. Don't have the resources. So we saw that at the Climate Alliance, and we decided to put together this small business climate toolkit which is a guide, fairly simple to use, about 20 pages in length. Mm-hmm. Um, and it walks you through looking at your business uh, and which kinds of changes make economic sense over what kind of timeline. Like it doesn't say go and throw out your furnace and install a heat pump because it's greener. Okay. It says if, you're, if your furnace needs replacement, be sure you look at the option of heat pumps because their prices are, have come down a lot. Incentives are in place to make it competitive with the cost of a new furnace. Yep. Uh, so you just do that repeatedly. Uh, and you want to electrify whatever you can. You want to stop using fossil fuel well, power. Well, and you know, as a company here, we have each station has its own car, although mm-hmm. the Wisdom car kind of it rusted out. And, you know, then the, so the next step would be, you know, if we're going to replace the Wisdom mobile yeah. with something else, it would be like that. You know, right. Something more Same thing. So, so when, yeah, when it, if you're a small business, you can't just go out and change your fleet. Right. You know, uh, over. But, well, we see the city of La Crosse doing this gradually yes, with buses. with right? buses. Right. It's the same thing. We, it would be nice if we could switch over immediately because we have a fairly short timeline on the climate. But realistically, organizations are going to do it when they need to make the change. Uh, and that's what's increasingly happening. So the toolkit also includes not only does it walk you through your operations and what to look at, um, it looks at your buildings. Buildings account for about 60% of greenhouse gases in a community. Transportation is 26% or something oh, really? like that. Yeah. Uh, and then food waste, uh, I mean waste, solid waste, solid waste and things like that within, within lacrosse, smaller amount. Um, and something so to, buildings account for 60 percent yeah but when i say buildings the most of that is their energy use yeah oh okay yeah that makes sense right so and commercially powered commercial buildings um use a lot more energy than residential buildings because they're larger they need more heat and air conditioning the lights are the always lights on. are always on yeah. the equipment's always on the computers or, are always on yeah these computers stay on for most of the night yeah um we got a couple minutes here uh, so gr- so oh, that is now available on our website. Uh, that Climate Alliance, to- uh, the uh, Small Business Toolkit, it is Climate Alliance CG, as in Common Good. dot org. You can see you'll see toolkits on the homepage. Toolkit on the homepage. Click on that. It asks you for your name and email. We don't do anything with it except we track it, uh, and then you download for free 
the toolkit. Right. Uh, and we will be adding to it in the coming weeks as well, putting more things out there. Um, it, when, and when people, when companies do this, do you, do you want feedback from them? Do you, yeah. Do you, and can they get feedback back from you? Like, hey, I have a question. Can you help me with this? We, we're not really staffed at this point to okay. um, what we did apply for a grant. Um, so we, we were hoping we could do maybe one hour of pro bono consulting with a small company or something like mm -hmm. that. But there are fairly few people in this field that aren't already really busy. Right. <laughs> This is uh, this is Dr. Tom Schlesinger. Just he's got seventy five emails from companies and he's just like pounding out like here's what you need to do. Yeah, um, yeah that's that's pretty interesting. It's a climate alliance for the common good. Uh, that's that's I, I think if people just Google that and then they'll you yeah. get to the website and you'll find um, the toolkit. You'll find the toolkit. Okay, so I like to bring you out about once a month. What can we do next month in mm. terms of because I, I have all these other notes. Like I want to talk about plastic waste. Mm. Plastic waste is a little bit climate related, but also just Didn't environmental. Didn't we do plastic waste? Last well, time? we did we did recycling in terms oh, of. Oh yeah. But like, do, we don't do a lot of talk about if you just walk into the store, right? Yeah. Like yeah. if you just the, walk into the, a gas station, it's every everything is packaging, got a wrapper. Yeah. Uh, you want to get a soda? Right. All that is unsustainable, right? Like, yeah. They, there's even styrofoam ones over there. You know, right. some of the fast food restaurants. And, Our, and some of that is, is demand also. So especially, you know, like it would be hard, but if you, you buy a plastic that's a one or a two, you know, that's recyclable. Yeah. You buy all those fives that are out there, half my plastics are fives yeah. uh, that goes in the trash, unfortunately. But th so there's that, um, you know, there's there's just a, so many other ways to, to talk about this that I think is, is pretty good. But anyway, yeah. um, that's Dr. Tom Schlesinger. He is the executive director of the Climate Alliance for the Common Good. He's not actually the czar, but we like to say that to be, to. Uh, well, when you, you may not get paid, but uh, get the czar. Anyway, yeah, right? you, get the czar, you get the czar. You don't have any, uh, um, you know, underlings to tell you to, to tell what to do. Um, but yeah, go go to the website, download the small business toolkit if that's uh, something that's up your alley. Or otherwise, uh, you know what else? What, what else and, can they and check? And it out? also it includes a lot of information about incentives and subsidies, so it's all in one document. Okay. So you don't have to bop around between different websites trying to pull all this stuff together. What is it? How do I pay for it? You know, uh, it's almost all in one document with with links. So. Uh, download it, look at it on your computer, because then you can click on a link. Sure, yeah, go definitely. Go find out about it. Yeah. All right, that's going to wrap it up. Thanks, everybody, for listening.